0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the kickabout. Harland is unstoppable, and Parker has been given his marching orders already. I'm your host, Chris.
1: I'm Pete. And I'm Dan. <laughs>
0: Welcome to episode number 95, take two, after the failed attempt on Monday night when the software crashed. So we've all said our prayers to the baby Jesus that uh, this episode (laughs) doesn't die. As you can hear, Dan is still ill. Um, So yeah, we hope that this episode will not fail halfway through like it did uh, before. We obviously realised the opportunity that we had with the midweek games that we could re-record, which is great, but we also thought we'd have the ability to really go into depth on the transfer deadline day thinking that it ended yesterday mm. on the 31st of August but obviously not it's ending today as we record on the 1st of September for whatever strange reason um, so we will talk a little bit about that obviously there's been lots of s- transfer activity happening and it's still happening at the time of recording so we've got a couple of hours of the window left um, and of course lots to talk about we probably will pick up a little bit on last weekend stuff and not much we'll focus on what's happened during the week um, but before all of that we start with this Down the stat, man!
2: So Raheem Sterling is the third player in Premier League history to score for each of Man City, Liverpool and Chelsea, but which other two players previously done the same? That's a good stat, I like that one. So you read that out on Monday.
0: I did, But we didn't get to the answer before the thingy ended, so I I still don't know what the answer is. I haven't looked. I
2: looked for new stats from... The week, the game's just gone, but there was nothing really that was that interesting so far. You've I got just, higher standards I than just that. just go with you? the same stuff. <laughs> I quite like this
0: one. Excellent. Right. Um, quick update on where we are with think- all things YouTube. Um, I haven't forgotten about Dan's forfeit. I'm just, well, I have forgotten about it, let's be honest.
2: Yeah. Um, I need to find. I feel like. Uh- I'll be choosing your forfeit
0: before <laughs> we can do it at the same time maybe we can do a joint one um, but yeah so that will that will still happen YouTube wise we've got LMA manager still coming out uh, on a weekly basis we are getting ever closer to the live stream um, of the final five episodes to round out the season and we're going to have a bunch of videos going out over the next week or two as well um, reviewing the transfer windows as a whole not just deadline day but the transfer windows as a whole looking at what clubs have done and sort of giving them a bit of a ranking and, and voicing our opinion plus we're going to look at the managers as well. We did that yeah. last season. We do again this year. Rate right where we think the managers are. Obviously, no Scott Parker. No. We'll uh, we'll uh, we'll get to that a little bit later on. Be Sean Dyche instead. <laughs> I think that's probably going what's going to happen. Mm. Uh, right, we're going to start with the machine that is Erling Haaland and Manchester City. Now, I've got, I've bought some humble pie. It's currently on, on ice. I'm going to have to to eat some of it. I think I said at the start of the season that I wasn't sure that Erling Haaland was going to fit into the style of play of City. I thought there was a lot of question marks around. Meanwhile, most of the other intelligent people in the world um, were, you know, saying that he was the, the big deal and he was going to come in. And he was going to dominate nine goals in what, five games, mm. four games, five games, whatever, all competitions. <sighs> I'm going to have to admit it. He's He's just outstanding. He's just, he's just, he seems to be able to score on all manner of different type of goals as well. He's right place, right time. He can link in. He's doing everything that I thought he might struggle to do in this city side. Uh, how impressed have you guys been with him so far? Um, yeah, he's done all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I will come to the non-Manchester United <laughs> rival fan first. Pete, what do you think so far?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was, I was on the same boat as you. I didn't think he was going to cut it. I didn't think he was going to set it light as much as he did. But, you know, with the creative chance that Man City have, right place, right time, physical presence, speed, strength, he's going to be bagging goals, isn't
0: he? Yeah, I mean, you look at the three goals he scored against Forest, I think the... the One or two of them were quite fortuitous. Certainly the one, I think, was the second one, where it's sort of like, I think Jesus, not Jesus, sorry, Gabriel, uh, no, not Gabriel, I'll get it right. Bernardo Silva, I think, was tackled, and Mm. the ball sort of fell to Haaland. So but again you you know you've got to you've got to be in those exactly you got to be in those places and again John Stones heads it back across Haaland's in the right place. So you know those those sorts of goals are the sorts of goals that are going to that's going to get you to 20 25 goals a season if you're in there if you're in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um I mean dare we say it we're four games into the season but Manchester United are looking pr- uh, sorry Man City sorry are looking pretty imperious at the moment aren't they compared to the rest of the chasing pack. I mean we said it last week Are Arsenal, at the moment, their nearest contenders?
2: Uh, Yeah, I guess they are at the moment, yeah.
0: I mean, Liverpool are coughing and spluttering at the Mm. moment. Chelsea are nowhere. Spurs, you know, they're unbeaten. But I think if you dig underneath the the surface, their performances haven't been that impressive. No. So, yeah, and and of course, uh, Julian Alvarez comes in, bags a couple of really good goals as well. So, they've just got this knack of just finding players Mm. and just slotting them straight in and away they go. Um, Is this the year, dare I say, is this the year for Man City in in Europe? Because Premier League is kind of by the by. We kind of expect them to always be there winning it most times. But Champions League is, of course, that's (coughs) that's the big ticket. That's the big prize
2: item at the end of this. It might be, I mean, depending on how things go in the Premier League, but the way Liverpool have been so far, it looks like they won't be chasing them as tightly. Um, I'll be surprised. I might be speaking too soon, but I'll be surprised if Arsenal can keep up the pace they've been going at. Yeah. Especially when Europe starts.
0: And they've had a fairly, uh, how do I put this? Fortuitous. F- fa- yeah, favorable set of mm. opening fixtures, and I think they've still got some favorable ones to come. So I think yeah. the big test for them will be when they start playing the likes of Man City, which I think will be a great game, by the way. Does it count them playing us next week? No. Um, <laughs>
2: fair
0: enough. Although, all right, I'll give you a United have recovered reasonably well mm. in the last couple of games and I think you're still 1-0 up against Leicester as, uh, at the moment Um, yeah I mean obviously Haaland has given them that extra dimension that they haven't really had I mean even, even Aguero you know he would score some outstanding goals and do some amazing things but what he didn't give you was that real physical presence mm. that Haaland does that goal that he scored against Palace last week and I think it was his hat trick goal where he absolutely just bodied Joe Ward. Mm. That was the sort that in fact that was the goal and I said it in the half recording on Monday. That was the goal that really made me stand up and go, yeah, all right, he's quite good, isn't he?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, because a lot of people have been picking up on sort of how fewer touches he has, but he's still scoring hat-tricks. Even if he has like four or five touches, he seems to just score with every touch he has. But
0: I guess maybe that is the, the key point, isn't it? If, if there was any kind of question marks that <coughs> Pete have said like around his ability to really integrate into that Man City fluent style, no. well, don't. Mm. Just make sure he's the last person to touch it. Is, is maybe that's the plan instead. Maybe that's what is going for. Keep him as ill-involved as humanly possible. Just make sure he's the, the guy at the end of it who's putting it in the back of the net.
1: There was, there was quite an interesting stat around Haaland as well, comparing him to Suarez within the first opening five games that they've had, mm-hmm. uh, he had re- recorded the same um, amount of goals as what uh, Aguero did up until this game where Aguero only got two goals. He's got three.
0: So you said Suarez at the start. Do you mean Aguero? I meant Aguero, Aguero, yeah. okay. So they are level on par, basically.
1: Yes, he, well, he's one goal ahead. Now. One goal ahead. Wow.
0: Well, I should imagine they're polishing off the, uh, the required materials to build a statue for him as we speak. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose there's not much to say. I mean, we talk, We can talk about Forest now. Um, they've signed yet more players today. Willie Bowley is coming now for Wolves. Um, they, they did sign a guy called Huang, not the Huang that plays for Wolves, mm-hmm. a different one, and then loaned him straight out to a diff, completely different club, mm-hmm.
2: which I found quite I saw odd. they signed someone and loaned him to Olympiacos today. There...
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's
0: not like... So... Okay. I mean, we we all said at the start of the season, I think it was a generally accepted view across the board within the, the football world that Nottingham Forest, of the three teams coming up, seemed like they were going to be the best equipped based on who they'd signed, how they'd finished the season, et cetera, et cetera. And at the moment, um, you know, they've not started the season where they did get the win against West Ham, but they were quite fortunate to win that. Aren't, are Nottingham Forest going to be one of those teams that are going to be like, yeah, they played quite well, but they lost? Are they going to be one of those teams this season that, you know, that flatter to deceive, don't actually get the results, they can't really put the
1: ball in the net? Oh. I think they're just quite fortunate. There's quite a few bad teams this season. I mean, Leicester have uh, not started very well. Bournemouth, I have no idea how they're going to pick up from where they are. So they've definitely got results. And they might be like a lead of the, the season previous to, uh, to last season. And Everton last season. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, obviously there is going to be a a massive amount of acclimatization to this new squad when you're bringing in the level of players and the number of players that they have. It's next to impossible to expect them to just suddenly go into a team full of people that they've never met in their lives before and expect them to play as a cohesive team. So there's going to be a quite a long period of of time that Steve uh, Steve has got um sorry Steve Cooper to to get this team together. The problem is is that you get that time in the championship, you don't get it in the Premier League. Mm.
2: I mean do you know what their sort of rough lineup was last season? Yes. In terms of yeah, this played. season, do you know how many of them are still well Reece Sanders has gone,
1: hasn't he? Um so you'd have uh, Joe Worrell Um uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the one one of Brennan Johnson. That's what I mean. How many of yeah? Their, like, no, there's there's, their there's not last many of season film, no. But
0: the two couple of them that there are there is their two centre halves. Mm. They're still the same two centre backs. Mm. I think from last season. So now, obviously,
2: Nickel Williams is new. Dean Henderson in goal is new. I imagine their strikers new. Yeah, Lingard's new. Yeah, that's just off the top of my head. So
0: I mean, one of the things that was that has been picked up on is the fact that their two centre backs are the same centre backs from last season. Now. I don't... I don't...
2: From what I've seen, they don't look good enough. Warwick got bullied against Harland. Yeah, I mean, but then everyone is yeah, going to yeah, get bullied yeah, against exactly. him, isn't they? I can't wait um, to see uh, United's Martinez go up against that, right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, the, the, the... I can't remember which centre-back. I think it might be McKenna. Is it McKenna at centre-back for Nottingham Forest? Possible. I could be... Yeah, I could be getting that name wrong, but there's one of the centre-backs in Nottingham Forest is when he's who's given away two penalties this season already, mm-hmm. and he's lucky yeah, to yeah, not yeah. have been red-carded for at least one of them. So though dean henderson has saved both of those penalties so i don't know maybe it's an actual ploy maybe it's a tactic for dean henderson to <laughs> save every penalty um but th- th- i mean this could turn in quite quickly i mean you guys say you've got a new squad there's a lot of personalities in there. there's a lot of big name players that have come into that team um you know if nottingham forest don't pick up some semi-decent results over the next i don't know half dozen games morale and confidence is going to be very, very low. It's going to be very difficult to pick up those players who perhaps have come in for, say, ulterior motive reasons. Maybe I'm doing them a disservice, but when you're selling that level of players, I'm talking about Lingard, unsurprisingly, is Lingard going to look at that and go, right, I need to dig in and really work hard and get this team out of this? Or is he going to go, yeah, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing, go through the motions, because I'm not here next season.
2: On a one-year contract, isn't yeah. it? That's the problem with those sort of sign-ins. Like, they seem, I mean, I imagine they just looked at the way he played for West Ham and assumed he'd come straight into that Forest team and do exactly the same again.
0: And a lot of these players are coming in, you would you would expect to have some form of clause in their contract mm. that protects Nottingham Forest financially if they if they do go down, whether it be a wage drop, whether it be a release clause, whatever it is. Mm. But what that does is, is it, it kind of promotes this unhealthy atmosphere and unhealthy sort of outlook and motivation for the team going forward that if mm-hmm. things don't go well, people can sort of shrug their shoulders. Whereas if you just stuck with some of the other players from last <coughs> season, yeah. the motivation was there because they've don't they've done it. They've got to the Premier League. Now we want to fucking stay here. Whereas a lot of those players, people like Lingard, Manuel Dennis, um, Lewis O'Brien. Lewis O'Brien's probably one that would want to yeah. dig in and work hard because of the background, he, you know he's come from a, a championship club. But there's a number of players in there who would probably get moves Either abroad, back to the Premier League, Toffolo as well. Yeah, them. Dean Henderson. Yeah, you know, the, these are these are players that are probably I don't know. Maybe I'm doing them a disservice, but
1: what what I found crazy is that their, their club worth is two hundred and twelve and a half million. What value of the squad you mean? Value, yeah, yeah, or club value. Club value. Okay, right. And in terms of fees in this uh, window and last window, a uh, hundred and forty three. Point six million in right and only 6 million out wow so they've spent nearly the entire value of the the club in general on this season alone to try and survive them to the Premier League if that bites them in the arse yeah
0: I mean we've got to be careful that we're not going to be hypocrites here because we did say a couple of weeks ago that you should praise Nottingham Forest the owner for actually saying no we're going to have a fucking go at this let's throw money at it and see what happens now we've seen his historical evidence that that doesn't always work we've seen it with Fulham before um i think we saw it with there was one season where i think norwich threw money at it and i think newcastle were the
2: perfect examples it's not like how much you spend it's who you buy like you've got to buy the right players um and obviously last season you know when they got all this oil money that everyone was (laughs) expecting them to you know all the names being linked were like mbappe and stuff like that and then they buy chris wood it's, it's not a very flattering signing, but it got them by, and it, they actually done really yeah. well. Kieran Trippier, really well. Dan
0: Byrne, you know those sorts of. But we, I mean, we we all said that that's what they needed to do, and I think obviously it was the media, wasn't it? The media mm. looking for stories about who they could sign. So yeah, I mean, I don't know what Nottingham Forest's um, next upcoming fixtures like. Let's just take a quick look here. So next up, they got Bournemouth. Wow, that's a huge game. Then Leeds, then Fulham, then Leicester, then Villa. So they've actually got some very favourable run, fixtures. Yeah. So they have definitely, and then Wolves, then Brighton. So their next big game, arguably, is is Liverpool on the 22nd of October. Um, so they've got a good run of probably six, seven, eight games where they need to be picking up at least a you know two, three, maybe even four wins. Mm. So, but yeah, we'll see. But from what I've seen so far, they flattered to deceive. The team is still not gelling. Um, Steve Cooper has got a very... Tough job in his hands to find that you know because it's going to be very it's going to be very tempting to do a uh, a Ranieri, yeah. keep tinkering until you find yeah. a solution that works. When in reality, actually, you've got to just go with your gut, stick with the team, mm-hmm. and, and keep I going. I mean,
1: the
2: World Cup will probably help them because I doubt many of their players will be going to it, and then they'll have a month or two to just completely try and gel that team together.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point actually. Um, that, one of the few clubs that might might view the World mm. Cup as an advantageous thing rather than a disruption. So, right, okay. um, Let's move on then to uh, Southampton against Chelsea. Chelsea are in the mud at the moment, aren't they?
1: Yeah, a really dominant performance from Southampton, I think. Southampton done really well. Yeah, I know. Do we we, we want to clip that somewhere? (laughs) No, I have to remain impartial now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think... I mean, we're saying it again and again and again. Chelsea need a striker now. I don't know whether it's been completed, but they seem to be edging closer and closer to get a on medical now.
1: Doing his medical now.
0: Um,
2: What do you think about that? I don't know if he's the man to come in and save. The way he he left Arsenal, I don't really feel like I'd be that excited about him coming in. And he never... Is he really a number nine? I'm not sure he
0: is. At his time at Arsenal, he did a bit up through the middle, but did he not play off the wing Mm. a reasonable amount? I'm not sure he's got the the abilities to play as number nine. And he, you know, he's not getting any younger as well. He's the wrong side of 30 now, I think, isn't
2: he? I wonder if they'd have been better off going for, like, Depay. Because I think Barcelona wanted to get rid of both, didn't they?
0: They did, but again, he's not a nine either. You know, he's he's well, just he's a playing, fe- He
2: played for Leon as a nine.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Um, but, I mean, Chelsea have now, they've spent outside of what they've done today, and I think they've brought in at least one today. I don't know if it was on, uh, this Juventus player on loan. Arthur, yeah. yeah. No, Arthur went to Liverpool, didn't he? Arthur Arthur Mello. Oh, oh
2: of course, yeah. Zakaria. Zakaria, that's yeah, yeah.
0: it. Um, so they spent two hundred and seventy million on four players, Chelsea, this summer. Um, so <laughs> when you look at that, when you look at that team, where 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 does the fault lie with this team? Is it can it just be as simple as they don't have a big striker, they don't have someone to put the ball in the net, or are there deeper problems than that at Chelsea right now?
2: I think that is a massive. I think that is their main problem. Um, they've obviously spent a lot of money on the defence and they're still conceding goals. Um, but yeah, I think they're just struggling to score. Um, Mount's not really been that great this season so far. Um, Sterling's only started to score in his last couple, but he has just signed, so I'll probably give him the benefit of the doubt that sort of gelling in. But I just I just think they're missing that sort of like Erling Haaland figure out front. Yeah, we were talking earlier actually, I think, um I think
0: because of Nottingham Forest, unsurprising. <laughs> I mean Nottingham Forest are just a freaking refugee camp for footballers, aren't mm. they? Um the the forgotten man at Chelsea, Mitchy Batchway, was being linked to Nottingham Forest. And I said to you, Was it where is he? Is he still at Chelsea? And you said, Yes. Like, I would imagine that he's probably not even in their twenty-five. Mm. Um but they, they keep persisting with Kai Havertz who has shown over and over again that he is not a reliable number nine. He can do it every now and then. He'll have the odd game here and there where he'll do something, but he's not a long-term solution. Armando Brogier is more of a nine than Kai Havertz is, and he's not really been given a sniff. Mm. And you've got Batshuayi, who I know he's not really done it for Chelsea, but he's never had a consistent run of games for them. He's, He's done the odd bit you know, on on loan, but when you're going out on loan, when you're being farmed out on loan, literally every single season, I it's very sorry difficult. For those sort of
2: players because you never really make a home anywhere. No, you? you're constantly because it's not like he's just going to loads of different English clubs. He's going abroad here, there, and everywhere. And
0: and I imagine Pat probably looks back at his career with a lot of regret because mm. he was a really sought after property when he was in France. Mm. I thought
2: he was good when he was at Palace as well.
0: Yeah, he did some did some decent stuff there. He's been out on loan. I think he was in Spain last year. Mm. I think I think maybe Villarreal or somewhere like that. Um, and yeah, I'd mean, kind of forgotten about it, but again, you know, when, you're, when you're struggling for goals up front and Kai Havertz continually isn't
2: doing anything, why not try Brosia from the start? Why not try Batshuayi off the bench? It's the same when uh, Chelsea had like Remy. Mm-hmm. He just kept getting loaned out. And I mean, it's like Victor, like
0: Victor but, Moses is probably the classic example yeah, It's Chelsea. not
2: until these um, trance windows come around that you see these players sort of come out of their caves. You're like, oh yeah, he's still there. <laughs> what,
1: what happened to, um, was he out of Top it from strikers now But Billy Gilmore Is he still at Chelsea He's going to Brighton Yeah, yeah Bright- Brighton yeah. signed him today yeah. Is that permanent? Yeah Norwich man. wasn't he And he had a really yeah. bad spell there
0: Yeah Norwich fans Really didn't take to yeah. him At all did they yeah. So yeah it's, it's a tough one for Chelsea I mean, Raheem Sterling is is Quite a streaky player As we know We've said that we don't think He will score that 15-20 goals a season That Chelsea really need yeah. from, from a player Um, But even if he does, I mean, you still need other players to score 10 and 12s and whatever, and I don't see that happening. Raheem Sterling never really had, even when he was in good form at City, he'd often still fall victim to the same merry-go-round of selections that Guardiola does. Mm -hmm. So maybe where he's main man at Chelsea, maybe he might get a few more goals for them than he did at City. Do you think, how many goals do you think he's going to get this year? Do you think he's going to be a 15-20 goaler, or do you think he's more like a 10? 10.
1: Yeah. I can see him getting double figures, yeah. Yeah, Georgino's is going to be the penalty man, and Mason Mount might bag a few. Hopefully, fingers crossed. But yeah, it's a shame we didn't get the result yesterday because he would have loved that. Southampton.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, defensively for Chelsea as well. Obviously, you know they brought in Wesley Fafana now. Um, big, big money signing. They got it over the line eventually after mm. weeks and weeks of speculation. I think, I think he's a really good fit for Chelsea. I think he's going to be. You know, he's twenty years old. I think yeah. it's easy to forget how young he is. Um and I think he could come in and compliment, you know, that back three potentially Fafana, Thiago Silva and Koulibaly, that's one on paper anyway, one very mm. strong back yeah. three. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, we'll have to wait and see if it doesn't look like, you know, um that they're not gonna get a bad be, unless something happens in his medical it looks like that's gonna happen with Marcus Alonso going the other way. Um, but to Southampton, obviously to, to your point, you know, they go a goal down, um, and then they come back. Two really quite well taken goals as well. The yeah. yeah. First one very, very good. Um I just just this is just Southampton all over though, isn't it? It's just <laughs> consistently inconsistent. They mm-hmm. started the season pretty poor and then they've had two strong results, beat Leicester, was it last weekend, mm. um and then they've beaten Chelsea. All things look quite rosy for them all of a sudden again.
2: Yeah, and we had them tip for relegation, didn't we? Yes, we did. <laughs> to be fair, the way the season's going so far, I'd, I'd be amazed if we get one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only one we're going to get right is City, wouldn't it? Yeah. At this rate, that the one player to note on them was that that Bella Koccher. I was saying that he was really he was a he's a centre back or right back for them, really good at attacking, and I was slighting his defending. But over the past two games or so, mm. he's I think he's going to be a bit of sort of property I think he's had yeah. man of the match in both of the yeah. games he's, yeah. he's starting to really come into that squad as well so I can I can see him making a, a big move possibly in the next year or so I'm definitely a player to watch I'm pleased for Adam Armstrong as well to yes. get to get a yeah, goal yeah. Um,
0: because he's got I think he's got the attributes to be a good striker for Southampton see he the
2: one they signed last
0: season yeah from Blackburn, Blackburn yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he's got the attributes to be a good striker. He just really didn't work out from last season, perhaps playing second fiddle to Brozier last year. Mm. He's going to play a more central role this year, you would think, along with Shea Adams. And they are going to look to him for goals because, you know, they still really haven't replaced Danny Ings. Brozier spent a good portion of last season injured, although did score, I think, nine goals And no, They just got them.
1: Maitland-Niles. Yeah, which um, I think um, is a good signing. got rid of uh, Romeo and... Uh, They've just signed that... Theo Walcott's like, trying to get out the door, but can't. Just so. signed that Sam Adozzi from City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, better, ex, better position ex- position they, they seem to be picking, picking a load of city youngsters as well so.
0: where does Walcott where's he going or want to go
1: or uh, does he, or does he just want to go out on a free down to I don't know whether it was Birmingham or not but it was definitely it was Championship Club okay. they're sort yeah. of like Nathan Redmond as well aren't they
0: yeah yeah <laughs> So, yeah, I, I think if you're a Southampton fan, I think for the moment you're you're pretty happy, you're pretty content. Mm. Um, but I guess the life of a Southampton fan is that, you know, the next bad run of form is never that it's far Southampton away. Southampton,
1: they like that, aren't they? Just They'll gonna, go on like just a five-game run. Just and... going to blame Hassan Hütte again, aren't they? Say so he's got no plan B, but...
0: The trouble is, is that with with the squad they've got, with the, with the greatest of respect to Southampton, their squad is not the strongest. No, it's, no, it's not. Um, they do rely very heavily on one or two of their better players to produce something. People like James Watt Prowse. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a couple of exciting youngsters. Don't get me wrong. You know, you've mentioned mm-hmm. one there. Yes. They've got Pazuma in goal, who um, could be one for the future as well. So they've got you know some some okay players there for sure. The problem is, if you take Hassan Hool out, he's got a proven track record of being able to pull teams out of these bad runs of form and put them into a positive mindset and get them winning games again that's a very underrated quality in a manager. And a lot of other managers have fallen foul of that, of not being able to arrest a slump. Mm. So you've got to be very careful what you wish for if you're a Southampton fan, because who comes in and, and can improve that team, really? Um, other than... Sean Dyche. <laughs> yeah, get <laughs> Tony Pulis in there. So, but yeah, I think if you're a Southampton fan, I think you're fairly content for the time being. Right, let's move on to Alex Ferguson added on time versus Newcastle. Um <laughs> Yeah, this was this was a, in fact it was a brilliant game of football it was yeah. a really entertaining game Um, Isaac looking pretty damn sharp mm-hmm. on his first appearance for Newcastle <laughs> what, did, what did you rate his performance like?
2: Yeah I thought he was quality I mean both his goals were unreal um, yeah
0: one was controversially talked yeah, off shall we say. I, thought, I thought it was
2: very very close and I, I thought they were going to start giving the benefit of the doubt that, so unsurprisingly
0: yeah. as soon as Newcastle scored I got a voice note from Shearer um, I also got. Uh, I mean, it was
1: offside, but the only benefit of the doubt that I've seen given is Man United's one because everyone seems to go, well, that was given as a benefit of the doubt, but this one wasn't. And, you know, it was. In my opinion, it was clearly offside. It was like a head and shoulders offside. Saying, I didn't think it was that far. I
2: thought they were like on the line.
0: Well, so Sheeran messaged me. Apparently, um, Eddie Howe, when he commented on the VAR decision, said that he went in and asked for an explanation from the uh, the officials. Um, he was told that the VAR officials couldn't decide, so based their decision on the shadows of the two players. <laughs> Surely that can't be
1: right. Surely that's got to be made up. <laughs> I mean, so if that... Watch the floodlights just drop from the next game now. I mean,
0: <laughs> if that is true, that is a very worrying uh, turn of <coughs> events for VAR.
1: Um, i mean turn, they can't draw a line, a straight line, and go, that's onside. What was their excuse well, for playing two minutes, added
2: time, one added time?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, just touching on that, I mean, I think if you're not sure, sure, I thought the benefit of the doubt went to the striker. Hmm um maybe maybe not maybe I'm wrong but um but yeah obviously Liverpool got themselves back in the game Bobby Firmino getting another goal and start the season quite well uh, from a goal point of view um and then yeah 98th minute of five added minutes to be played (laughs) I watched I wasn't watching it religiously because obviously I had the West Ham Spurs game on at the same time um and then once that finished in the Liverpool Newcastle game was kind of carrying on I was doing other bits I personally couldn't see a reason why they added on another three minutes. Was was there? Did I miss something?
1: Yeah, so I think when I put in the the groups, you at saying same, like saying same, like how like how extra three minutes put on, and then you made the comment about uh, is it United time or something? Fergie, well, like, no, you play, said you play said play until, Liverpool win. Yeah, until yeah. Liverpool win? yeah, uh, yeah. It was Nick Pope went down for ninety four seconds in injury time. And Liverpool scored 94 seconds past the five minute mark. Interesting. Okay. To be fair, Newcastle were
2: time wasting from like the 50th minute. But...
0: Yeah, so I mean, that appeared to be the, the general consensus from, from Liverpool side of things is that mm. this was sort of just rewards for the, the, the tactics that Newcastle employed. Apparently, the Liverpool fans even stayed behind and boo the Newcastle players off the pitch. <laughs>
2: um,
1: they obviously were, <laughs> were very incensed about what they'd seen. But, you know, as, as rule state, it's a minimum. Of five minutes at a time, and it's up to the referee's discretion. This is so, a, this is
0: key, isn't it? it is minimum yeah. that is the wording. Um, I do find it quite hilarious that Mo Salah actually got the assist for that Fabio Carvalho goal as well, when the ball just hit him in the face, mm. um, <laughs> dropped to Carvalho,
2: who now scores two and two. Good finish really actually it was a very. I think he needs to start the next game and Simicas as well. Every time I've seen Simmercast come on for Robertson, he's been unreal. Mm. So it takes a takes a big manager. Yeah, but to I to drop like someone like Robertson, who's been so good for so I long. I think it's unfair when a player keeps coming on and keeps playing better than the player that he's replacing mm. to not give him a start. No,
1: I yeah. totally yeah. agree. Robertson has been poor.
2: Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, what, what have you made of Liverpool start of the season this year? I mean... Shit. I
0: mean, <laughs> yeah, they, they've, had, they've had a very flush, a very um, sort of stop start. I mean, we can almost take the Bournemouth result out of context because Bournemouth were that bad. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate the Liverpool scoring nine shouldn't be completely dismissed because you've still got to score nine goals. And frankly, they could have scored 12 if Mo Salah could you know, hit the target. Yeah. Um, the very fact that Mo Salah didn't get, even get an assist or a goal in that game mm-hmm. is hilarious, especially if for an FPL point of view. Um, I just don't know what to make of them. I mean, Klopp seemed to in, insinuate that he'd swallowed his pride effectively and admitted that they were short, especially in midfield. It looks like they've got Arthur Mello coming in. I don't, again, I don't know if that's been confirmed yet. Um, but their front three we actually, we spoke about this in the failed recording on Monday I think it's probably worth talking about again That their front three is a very different front three now and we've seen other teams where you've had that same front three for so long that it's when you start adding in new players it's the sort of the natural progression and ages come into it that you do have to change things up is this just Liverpool coming to the end of a bit of a cycle from a striking point of view that they've now got to build something new again
1: No, I don't think so. No. I mean, I said last time that that front three needed changing. The change has happened now. I still think it was the wrong person to get rid of, but you know, it come down to contracts and not agreeing, uh, favouring Salah really, and getting yeah. them on a ridiculous wage, possibly unsettling the squad. But you know, they've had a poor start to the season, but they're picking themselves back up now. Mm-hmm. Um, it only takes a. And it, Sounds silly saying it, but it only takes City to slip up on two games and Liverpool to capitalise on that, and they're back up there. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're talking about Arsenal, which are five out of five now, thinking they've had a brilliant start to the season. City have only drawn one game, and you're looking behind your shoulders, going, "Well, if Arsenal lose one game and City win that, then then they're top, and all this Arsenal talk is just blown straight out the window after one weekend." Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, change, So
0: yeah, I guess it, I guess it is easy to full or full victim sorry to the sort of the hyperbole of of football and, and reading too much into this. Certainly, the early season, um, but yeah, I mean when I look at that front three now, I mean Darwin Nunez, you know, there's a lot of money, there's a lot of pressure on his shoulders. Um, Firmino, I must admit, when I saw him in the uh, one or two games I've seen him in this season, I thought he was really poor. I thought he'd, like, well past it. But actually, in the last two games, mm. he started to look a little bit like the familiar of old again. So maybe just that confidence coming mm. back, a few goals in on him. You know, he's shown that he's can, he can still offer a lot to this team. Um Diaz looks quality. I think Mane is very, very big shoes to fill. Yeah. Um, exactly. And actually, arguably, out of all of the strikers they've had, you'd argue that Salah,
2: at the moment, is the one underperforming the most. Mm. So... Yeah. I wonder if Firmino
1: can keep Darwin out of the team as well. He's going to be available for the uh, Merseyside derby now, isn't he? Mm. So he's going to get another straight red.
0: <laughs> I was going to say. I mean, if you're an Everton central defender, Tarkovsky, for example, he's going to be licking his lips mm-hmm. at the thought of Darwin New Year's it's coming kind of like in.
1: The way Firmino started the,
2: well, played the last two games, he's got to start that. He Everton has to game. start. Yeah, mm. I think it would be really harsh to to drop him.
0: Um, Newcastle, on the other hand, um, obviously we've touched on Isaac. You know he's going to have a big part to play for them this season because we, you know, we know what Callum Wilson's injury record is like, and you know we 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 always said that Chris Wood was never a long term solution for them up front, so they needed to sign somebody. Mm. They've smashed their transfer record to get this guy, and already he looks pretty decent, pretty decent, doesn't he? Um, So, uh, the Newcastle, what else do they need now? I mean, they've got a squad that you could argue is now more than capable of, of pushing that sort of top seven. Uh, you would say, is it just now down to just settling back down into the th- into the into the season? Don't worry about what everyone else thinks of you and just continue doing what they're doing. Yeah, pretty and much.
1: Just build
2: with what you've got. I think <coughs> they've got. A, you look at oh, you look lots at, of coughing yeah, going on here tonight. You look at their um, sort of individual position. I think now that they've signed Isaac to replace, not to replace, but it would be interesting to see what they do when they've got both a fit Isaac and a fit Callum Wilson
0: because mm. um, historically Wilson would walk straight back in the team because there yeah. was just nobody else there yeah. um, even even if Chris Wood was scoring goals I think they'd still drop him over Callum Wilson mm. but if you've got a fit Isaac who's scoring goals Wilson's not a guarantee to come straight back into that team anymore no. um, and I think Eddie Howe has probably or potentially got a very difficult decision to make if that situation arises where do you
1: think they're the weakest then
2: probably on the wing I mean the fact they've got to play like Almiron we asked us about
1: Arsenal last week didn't we so yeah I think right wing I would say
0: right wing is probably an area I think as much as Almiron is loved by Newcastle fans for his work rate and stuff I think his quality lets him down far too often um I, you know, ironically, I would, said, I would have said centre-back because on paper, you know, people like Dan Byrne, Sven Botman, these aren't top, top players, yeah. really. Yeah. But the way they're defending, the, the unit they've got, they're, they're defending so well as an yeah. all-round unit that, you know, can you really, <clears throat> really improve on that without spending big, big money right now?
1: Um, they do have to be careful and they have to be sensible about the, the transfers and who they're bringing in and...
0: yeah it's one of those ones because they're playing quite well at the moment it's actually quite difficult to, to to look at one of their players and say you're the weak link because the team is playing so well mm. when you've got a team that isn't performing it's very easy to pick out like, like United for example it's very easy to look at a lot of those United players say, you're not performing, you need replacing your shit. When actually, if they just found some form, all of a sudden you go, oh, actually, no, he's doing all right now. He's probably not the weak link. We need to look somewhere else. Mm. And it's the same. You would probably say that Joe Linton, not a natural central Mm. midfielder, but he's doing such a good job there that you would say, does he really need replacing right now? Probably not. Mm. Um, So, But then equally, you could flip that around on its head and say well quite comfortably you could go out there and sign a better midfielder than Jonington on paper but then that better midfielder could come in and not perform as well as Jonington so yeah it's hard for them at the moment but I think again they're they're being incredibly clever with their transfer strategy they're identifying areas they need to improve they're improving them and then they're going right give it over to Eddie Howe, let him do his magic build that team out and then let's see how we are in January let's see how we are at the end of the season and right now I think the sky's the limit for Newcastle Um, right now yeah yeah um, the big question is is that you know they played against Man City and they were absolutely outstanding and they followed that up with a bit of a border or against Wolves Yeah, those are the games that are going to matter come the end of the season yeah. um, so right okay uh, how are we doing for time we've got time for one more game to squeeze in let's talk Fulham Brighton um, Fulham's impressive start of the season continues Alexander Mitrovic um, how many more goals before we have to sort of hold our hands up and say actually maybe this guy is a Premier League striker after all 10 more <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's, it's not just the goals he's scoring it's the way he's playing as well mm. um now of course this fulham team on the face of it appear to be far better equipped yeah, absolutely than they were the last time in their premier league under scott parker but Mitrovic, there's no there's no doubt about it he is he's doing what we said he needed to do and that was when he got that chance he's taking it mm. he's not allowing himself to miss those chances and having to wait for third or fourth chance before he scores. Um, And there's no doubt that if Mitrovic continues to fire and the players they've brought in today, Willian, um, uh, Vinicius, was it Carlos Vinicius? Did I see him being linked? Yeah, yeah. Kazawa. Yeah, from PSG. That's a fucking hell of a signing that is. Sam James. Not so much. No. (laughs) So, but I mean, Fulham are fairly well placed at the minute. I mean, you would say right now, you know you would say pretty safe and comfortable season as things stand right now
1: they've got a lot they've got fire in their belly which is something we haven't really seen Fulham for well, since I've been alive I think <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean they were they were a really established Premier League team probably a decade ago yeah. you know you think of the players they had Balmorte Mel mm. McBride, all those uh, papabo with Diop all of these players that they had and then of course they got that relegation and it's fizzled out and they've been a bit of a yo-yo team ever yeah. since and that they've got a real chance now <coughs> with the investment they've made with the players they've signed to actually cement themselves back as a, as a top mm. flight team again yeah.
2: they've got a point out of Liverpool and we're unlucky not to get a point out of Arsenal mm. um, and, I, I and
0: they've turned a main... over a very informed Brighton this is Brighton's first loss of the yeah. season yeah.
1: the main difference with this Fulham squad as opposed to the, the last one I said, I said about the, the loans last time when they came up just weren't ready and Mitrovic was sort of the the lone star man in the team but you've got the likes of like Andreas Pereira and uh, players like that, that that are Deadpool specialists and yeah, yeah it's the, Deckard, pre, the Deckard, Deckard not fully on him now
0: yeah Deckard overreed I think is underrated I mm. think he's a very good player for Fulham mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah, I think they they're doing they're having a fantastic season so far. I think what's his face the um manager Silva, Silver. Marco Silva is yeah. doing a really good job with them as well. And they're just quite quietly going about their business, aren't they? They're not mm. they're not causing too much fuss quietly going about the transfer business as well, signing good players. Um Ann, for me the jury's out. Yeah, Where's he been?
2: Corinthians. Yeah. All
0: right. So he's had because he went from
2: Chelsea, Chelsea to, Arsenal.
0: to Arsenal from Arsenal to Corinthians or yeah, did he go out to yeah. China or something no, like that yeah, to
2: Corinthians and
0: Brazil he was contract terminated yeah I think so he was yeah a bit like a Bamiang they sort of right, he big wages wanted him out of the club yeah. um, so it's a risky one I mean, he's 34 Willian yeah. it's a big risk to bring him to I can't see team. him
1: being a first teamer maybe just experience in the dressing room but yeah. there's a lot of money to be spending It's probably on big wages, mm. I would
0: imagine. Yeah, I mean, as you as you say, it's a lot of money to bring in just for someone for a voice in this yes, yes, in the dressing room. Yes. So, but yeah, we'll see how that works out. I mean, you know, he's done well with all the players he's got so far. Uh, Brighton have had a brilliant start to the season. I don't think they'll be too concerned about this one loss. Um, I just wanted to touch on Graham Potter because you know, we, we talk a lot about you know, Gerard and Lampard get a lot of the noise in in the general media about what's going mm. on. with then they were hyped a lot when they came in and I actually feel like Graham Potter still doesn't really get the recognition this man deserves and Dan I think it was either I think it was either you or or Pete Um, just listen to this so Graham Potter started his managerial career with fourth tier Swedish club Ostersund uh, where he led the club to three promotions the Swedish Cup and the UEFA Europa League knockout stages He moved to Swansea, where he stabilised his club uh, following relegation, um, brought in some good players, Daniel James, Oliver McBurnie, led them to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. And at Brighton, he changed the style of football completely, finished 15th, 16th, and then 9th, which was a club record, and has won away at the Emirates, Anfield, and Old Trafford. And despite losing Cucurella and Bersoum in the summer, he's now taken 10 from 12, or 10 from 15 now, uh, and currently um, sit in the upper reaches of the Premier League. How much longer before we've asked this before how much longer before do you think potter is seriously linked with a with a bigger job with respect to
2: Brighton? Mm. i wonder whether a um you know say Leicester sack rogers whether that's something that he would consider a move up or not
0: yeah i mean it's difficult to know what motivates him because quite clearly he he likes a project you know he, he stuck around with the swedish club for a while he stuck with swansea for a bit he's now what fourth season with Brighton. Mm. Does it? What does he deem a success? You know, he, maybe he's one of these people. Maybe on the on the face of it, anyway, he likes to leave the club in a better place, which he would be doing. Yeah. Does he? Does he feel like he's reached the ceiling with Brighton? I guess I mean, he's still a young man. He's not an old manager mm. at all uh, in, in manager years. Um, <coughs> so yeah, Leicester could be a good shout. Maybe Villa if Gerard was to to yeah. hang off. I mean, both I think, clubs have well, certainly Villa have got a, a reasonable mm. amount of money to spend. They back Gerard heavily. Potentially Chelsea. That could be interesting. Mm. I mean, two could. what, what, third favourite at the moment mm. to be sacked to the next manager sacked? Uh, he's 10 to one at the moment. I think Gerrard and Lampard are the only two that are more likely right now to be to be sacked based on the odds. <sighs> if you're a Chelsea fan, let's just put it out there, if you're a Chelsea fan, would Graham Potter coming into your club excite you?
2: <laughs> the silence tells you everything. No. I think, I think <laughs> it'd need to go to like a Lester or a Villa prove that he can do it. And you know, maybe get one of those clubs close to Europe, and then maybe make the next jump. Um, Do you not
0: think though, when you look at his C- when you look at his CV, see the success he's had, mm. see what he's done with Brighton on an incredibly limited budget. Bearing in mind, he's not really had a natural striker for the entire time he's yeah. been there. Um, and look at the sort of style of play that they have. Do you not think that takes all the boxes that a bigger club would look
2: at? Well, the problem is. You look at his record with Brighton, I mean, it's, it looks like he, and the way he, his style of football, I feel like it takes two seasons at least to get the way, you know, his team want to play and get the certain players in that he needs. And we know that Chelsea are not a club that are happy to sit there and give you two seasons to get things going.
1: Yeah, it was, it was interesting actually, because I, I listened to a um the interview of the... It was like the head of the the scouting department on uh we were talking about Graham Potter for who? For Brighton. Oh, for Brighton. Um, and the the work that goes on in the background with Brighton it's not just Potter. They've got a load of people scouting twenty four seven. So there's a lot of positives about Brighton as a club in general. See Graham Potter's doing the. Uh, the managing role, but that to me sort of says that he's not doing all of the work there. If he moves to someone like Chelsea, is he really going to have the pull to get the players mm-hmm. over someone like Thomas Tuchel and? Yeah, I mean, Jurgen you, know,
0: you know, we we always hear about you know the the grass is greener that argument. You know, he's going from a very comfortable environment right now where he knows everything, has the level of control that he you know clearly is thriving on. If he goes to Chelsea he's got a lot of new factors not least the pressure as you say Dan of having to bring success Mm. in a fairly short space of time otherwise he faces the sack and all of a sudden his career could easily start going on decline based on the fact that he's gone to a bigger club not proved himself and all of a sudden all the other clubs are going oh maybe he's not as good then because he had that bigger move and he's done absolutely nothing maybe he's not as good as we all thought he was could
1: possibly just be an extremely well run club in the background and he's just the the face of it Mm. possibly absolutely so right okay uh, we are going to head
0: to a break when we come back we've got some more premier league chat and we've got the quiz we'll see in a bit hey everybody and welcome back to the show so we're going to get um straight into some more premier league chats um, before we talk about uh Bournemouth sacking Scott Parker after only what four games of the season. Um yeah, Crystal Palace won Brentford one. Um, another reasonably solid result you would say for for Brentford and not a disappointing result really if you're a Palace fan. Um although there was one player who was very disappointed, and that was Wilfred Zaha. Mm. Um I presume you guys both saw his yeah. post match interview. What what did you what did you make of that?
1: Very I honest. liked it. Yeah. Honest. Like I see a fine coming his way, with a <laughs> finger wagging. But it's it's nice to have a raw emotion, really. with yeah. something I, we don't really see very I, often
0: at all. Will he get, get fined for that? I mean, he's not really outed anybody, really, is he? He's just sort of like voiced his dis, his disappointment that the team couldn't see the game well, I through. Don't know how much Patrick Vieira is going to be very happy with him, is he? No, that's true. Um, he is like the main man there, though probably get away with it, wouldn't yeah. it? Just because it's Zaha. Especially as he's on the last year of his contract and they mm. might want to try and convince him to sign a new one. Finding him for saying something like that probably not the best way to convince him to stay. Um, but he's not wrong, is he? I mean, you know, Crystal Palace don't score herds of goals. Um, I think they were on top in the game from what I could tell when, when Zaha got the goal. And actually, in the end, they were quite lucky not to lose that. You know, yeah. Brentford had a couple of really good chances mm. towards the end to, to win that game. And Zaha's interview was... To me, it felt like that was like a lot. That wasn't just that one game. That felt like that yeah. was that was over a course of a number of games. and so that was sort of like pent up within mm-hmm. within him. Um, now, Palace haven't signed huge herds of players. I've not, I've not heard them link with anybody for some time now. I think they did their business and they were happy with what they've done earlier in the window. Um, I don't really know what to make of Palace in their season because they've got some exciting players. They've got some good, talented attacking players in particular, um, but they don't seem to. I don't know kick on in games as Zaha yeah. said you know they they score a goal and then they sort of like sh- try and shut up shop I don't know if that's a mental breakdown like they don't have the confidence or I don't know if it's like an England thing where you know the plan was always mm. just to try and nick that one goal and then when they do yeah, get it they just... don't know how to react um, and what do you guys make of what you've seen of Palace this season so far
2: oh, I mean they've played quite a few of the big teams. Um and they've held their own against. I mean, they were unlucky against Arsenal, I think, in the first game of the season. Mm-hmm. Um they drew with Liverpool, didn't they? Uh Drew with Liverpool. Um and they went 2-0 up against City and then obviously Erlen Haaland turned out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I mean again, even in that game, you know, they, they did score the two goals, but if you look at the stats, they only had two shots on goal mm. in the entire game. Um and I mean one of them was a it was an OG, wasn't it, I think um one of the, one of the two goals I, I can't remember um but yeah I mean it it was just, it was still a very defensive display it was a very much a, a smash and grab type mm-hmm. game which I don't particularly blame them for doing that against city if you you know no. with respect if you try and go toe to toe with them you've got to have the players to do it I don't mm-hmm. think palace do yeah so yeah you're right they have had a tough start of the season but I just can't work out I can't work out what sort of season they're going to have I can't even remember where we where did we put them when we did our predictions can you remember Probably like a thirteenth or a twelfth like or so. 15th, yeah. So. so, I guess I mean, let's 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 stick with the Sahar talking point. I mean, we've long spoken about uh, his future, and has he have you know has the opportunity to go to a bigger club passed Dubai Is he happier as a big fish in a little pond, etc., etc.? He's now into the final year of his contract, mm. and I've not heard any rumblings about. Um, a new offer in the mix and what he's going to do, but we have heard on several occasions over the last couple of years that he's indicated a desire to move on. Um, let's, let's say for argument's sake he does do that and moves on right at the end of the season. Do you see him getting a big move? Yeah, I think he'd go to a European club. You don't think he'd get a big move into the Premier League? You think he'd probably go abroad?
2: Yeah, so I meant a team in Europe. A team in Europe, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, I could see... I mean, I'd say Arsenal, but... I mean, I could see him get in the Arsenal team, but at the moment with Martinelli and Sacco, Mm. I don't see either of them... Could he go back to United? Yeah, I'd take him. Um, Chelsea, maybe. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think he is one of those players that from an ability point of view, outside of someone like City and maybe Liverpool, I think he could pretty much Mm. command a place in any one of those other teams up the top end of the league. West Ham? I'd have him in a heartbeat at West Ham. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's he's an upgrade on Ben Rama for me even though I do like Ben Ryan, I think he's an upgrade mm. um, he plays off the left um, I think he would be a perfect player to link up with Lucas Paquetta that we just signed and Scamaccia and get, get in and around him a little bit
2: Would get to stay in London
0: get to stay in London as well um, I can see Chelsea having. I mean, Chelsea were rumours have an interest in him this summer yeah. so I can see them coming in for him I think Chelsea have got some deadwood players to move on people like Ziyech and Pulisic will mm. probably move on at some point so yeah I think he's
2: not going to be short of suitors I'd be surprised if he signed another contract because he has obviously made it well known for the last sort of four or five years that he wants to move on. How old is he now? Late
0: 20s? Yeah, I'd probably say like 28 or so. I reckon he's about my age. So he's probably still got another...
2: He's in his prime.
0: Yeah, he's got another few... <laughs> he's got another three or four years, you would say, at the top level <laughs> at where yeah. he wants to perform. And he's not... He's never been a player that really 100% relies on his pace. Mm-hmm. He, he's more of a, a over, tricky. tricky player, yeah. quick burst over five mm. yards. So, you know, perhaps he can still play a bit longer than that and mm. not have to adapt his game too much. Um, and brentfords I mean, they continue to impress, don't they, really? They're just a very good uh, outfit, aren't they, really? There's nowhere else to say about them. Yeah, good signs. <laughs> um they didn't re- not that they've been linked with anyone today and transferred deadline. They have not really seen anybody that they've signed um today. Not not from what I've heard, no. Um they have obviously brought in the Danish International couple where his name Damnsguard. is um, but ultimately the, the players that they've retained are still really performing quite well. I mean, Tony and Bueno are still really dangerous. De Silva back in there as well. Yeah, Josh De Silva coming back in is, is you know, it's cliche when it's like a new signing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and I think in, in Thomas Frank, they've got a very, very good manager who just knows exactly how to extract from his team. Mm. Brentford to me, remind me very, very much of a better version of, say, Sheffield United when they're in the league, that they've got more end quality than Sheffield United did. Mm. But they're just so well-drilled, whereas Sheffield United tailed off completely in the second season. I don't see Brentford tailing off at all. I don't think they're going to be in any danger relegation this season at all. I think they're going to have a really solid season. They'll probably be in and around where Palace are, I suspect, yeah. to come the end of the season. Um, do you think that they might have... I don't, know, I don't know how long Tony's got left in his contract, but do you see someone coming in for Tony?
1: Uh, not oh, really. He'd think he'd, what he'd, he'd have about at least two. I th- I'm pretty sure he's got another three seasons left on his contract.
2: Um, I don't think he's been that outstanding that teams. That's because he's so a gonna... fantasy team. He's not bloody... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you see a
0: bigger club coming in for him?
2: Not not personally.
0: I mean, Newcastle were well, rumoured to be linked with him again and was returned there, but um, I don't think they'll go for him now. Mm. Now they signed Isaac. Um, West Ham have been tired I don't see that happening there with sainz no, no, no. Um so I don't really see where he could go that would be a significant step up over Brentford unless Brentford say you know did find themselves in trouble and got relegated then that's a different conversation but right now I think that he's very settled he's doing a really good job for Brentford I don't
1: see I do don't I suppose it. it will depend whether he gets that England call up or not
0: do you think he will? do you think he's good enough or worthy of a call up? no not even as like a Plan B, you know.
1: I'd say yeah. I was, I was gonna, gonna say, say a Plan B because he's
0: generally with the World Cup squad, they take four strikers, don't they? Yeah. Four out and out strikers. Who, which four would you take right now? Can Kane, I... obviously. Who's your next three?
1: Because I think not. Calvert Lewin.
0: No, agreed. Callum Wilson, yeah, yeah, if he's fit. Mm. There you go. So this, this is this is this is what I'm saying. The options are not that. You know, wide and obvious mm-hmm. from, from, a, from a striking point of view. I mean, you've got a number of players in midfield who can play in those sort of wider positions like Grealish and, and Sterling, Sterling. <laughs> but as an outright number nine or a number, you know, to play up the front, maybe you would only go with three strikers because he's got some in midfielders that can play higher up the pitch. Watkins. Yeah, Watkins could go. I think it, for Wilson, it depends on where he's fit. Yeah. If he's fit,
2: he goes for me, where he should do. Um, it's a shame Zahar changed to uh, Ivory Coast really. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can see Callum Wilson, Kane,
0: and one of either Watkins and Tony. The only reason I wouldn't take Watkins is if you're already taking Wilson, because I think they're too similar. Yeah. I don't know what Watkins give you that, that Callum Wilson doesn't, um, and, and vice versa. It, yeah. He's a bit more direct. Kane wants to come in short too often. Tony will quite happily just stay on that last man and just yeah, isn't that battering. Callum Wilson. I don't, does Callum Wilson really do the same job as, as well, Tony? He
2: plays poacher role, doesn't he?
0: But Tony will do the, the real dirty side of the game, won't he? He'll get involved in those scrappy duels in the air and stuff. And Wilson is a bit more of a... I'm not saying he won't do that, but I think Tony does it better. But Callum Wilson is a better poacher, as you say. He you mm. know, Running him behind, is quicker, better fox-in-the-box type striker. I don't
1: plus, think plus Tony, I think it's going to take about 10 right-backs as well, It's
2: not he? <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, so who would your three be then, then, if you were to say? Well, Wilson and Kane, and then... Don't know. I mean, there's no right or wrong
0: answers here, because ultimately no. what we say is not... Just going off history, but, I
1: think you'd say Watkins. You, I don't think
2: Tony would be going. No? No. Fair enough. Especially, okay. Well, mainly because I don't think he's been involved before, has he? No, no, And no, he's either. not going to get called straight up to a World Cup team. So we know what Southgate is like. He likes to call on his players that he knows. Mm-hmm. Um, and Watkins has been in and around the team for the last season or so, so I think he'll get the call up.
1: It's only Tony's second season, isn't it? Because he, yeah. he moved from Peterborough to Brentford, mm-hmm. had a season, got promoted with Brentford. Now this is his second season. He was a bit quiet last season.
0: Yeah, he start, um, I think he started quite well and then it kind of fizzled out a little mm-hmm. bit for him, didn't it? Um, yeah maybe maybe we'll take an injury or two for Tony to get in there but um, I'd say you know it's good to have those different for me anyway so it's good to have those different options in terms of how you can play because we were quite one dimensional at times with England mm. um, in some of the games that we played uh, we've got a couple of Nations League games coming up so it could be quite interesting yeah. to see what squads he picks then because it's I don't know, I'm assuming we'll have another friendly maybe before the World Cup but if we don't, this is this is his last two yeah. times to be in and around the England squad. So yeah. if, he if he doesn't pick Tony for the next two games in these Nation Leagues, then yeah, 100% he's not going to pick mm-hmm. him for the World Cup, barring injuries.
1: Yeah, hell of a journey though, from League One to Premier League to England International in
0: four years. Four or five years, Yes, mm-hmm. right, That's quicker than Vardy, isn't it? Is it? I think so. No. Maybe not as impressive, because Vardy went from like, non-league really, all yeah. the way up to the Premier League, but... I think uh, Vardy had a couple of more seasons in and around the Championship and the Premier League before he ended up mm. in the England squad. Mm-hmm. So, um, OK, right, let's move on. Uh, the final game we're going to talk about this week on the show is the game at the London Stadium between West Ham and Spurs. Spurs remaining unbeaten in the Premier League this season with a one-all draw, uh, thanks to Thomas Suchek's first goal of the season. Um, a much improved West Ham team. Mm, um absolutely. Last two games have been, you know, they've been steps in the right direction. They're still not there yet, I don't think. Um, what have you made of, of West Ham's transfer business in the summer so far?
2: Um, yeah, I think you've made some decent sign-ins. Um, just not really seen any of them do much other than score own goals yet.
0: <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this this is the, the potential issue with Moyes is that he, he can... Dilly dally around. I mean, he Scamacca was was ill, um, which I suspect he probably would have started this game if he was if he was around. Um, but in the Villa game, I mean, he showed little glimpses Scamacca of the quality he can bring. But we didn't get enough people in and around him. We didn't really start to dominate that game. I think about five minutes before Scamacca went off, we started to get a foothold in the game, and then he took him off for Antonio. Mm. Um, so if he's fit, I suspect he'll probably start Scamacca this weekend against Chelsea. Um, but I think. West Ham fans should be pretty damn happy with our transfer business. We signed like eight players, eight nine players this summer. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is that whether the whether these signings work out or not. Obviously, we signed Kamara and Lucas Paqueta, and uh, Agüero are well the two, the three big name signings. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Agüero got injured. We don't know when he's coming back. Um, Their signings that I'm hoping are really going to show people like Declan Rice and Jarrod Bowen that the club is ambitious. The club does have harbour these these um, ideals of being in that top end of the league and trying to challenge for Europe every year there was one pundit I saw you were saying about you know now we could challenge for the top four just because we signed Lucas Paqueta I'm like fucking hell mate <laughs> chill the hell out I mean do you know what made me laugh actually when Paqueta hasn't even trained with West Ham yet but he was in the squad and he played about 25 minutes half an hour I think and obviously the West Ham fans have, you know, probably done the usual YouTube his highlights and listened to all the media and talk him up. <laughs> <laughs> and he came on the pitch, he got a massive cheer when he came on, but the fans all did that stereotypical thing where he played the simplest of two yard passes. And all the fans just went, Oh fucking hell, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, everyone was hyping him up. It's like, oh, what? He's just playing a two yard pass. It wasn't that hard. So but I mean to be honest, he didn't really get involved in the game we were still going a bit too direct for me at times Um, but there was a lot of positives Antonio was better Bowen was better Suchek was better Kufal was better Um, so yeah a lot of positive things to to say for West Ham and hopefully we can um, you know Chelsea are very beatable right now so I think that Mm -hmm. that game this weekend at Stamford Bridge that's not a uh, the foregone conclusion that sometimes it can be Um, Spurs Spurs Spursy yeah I mean they're unbeaten but actually as I said earlier if you dig into their performances Have they been that impressive this season yet? They've not hit the heights I think we thought they were going to.
2: Not really. I mean, I thought Chelsea were the much better team when they played Spurs. Um, And then... I mean, they started off with a 4 nil win against
0: Southampton. 4-1. 4-1, sorry. And they looked really good going forward. I think everyone Mm. has maybe... Judge the rest of their season, bringing one they're unbeaten off that first game. When actually, if you look at the rest of the games individually, mm. as you say, Chelsea dominated them, and how they didn't win that game is a mystery. Well, it's not; they just never have a fucking striker. We know that. Um, obviously, they West Ham had chances in this game. I think more more clear chances in this game than than yeah. Spurs did. Could easily have lost it. So yeah, they've not hit top form yet, but crucially, they're not losing games. Mm. And when you're a team. You know who harbour ambitions to be in the top four like they are. They're in the Champions League this season, of course. When you're not playing well, and you're not winning games. Make sure you don't lose them, mm-hmm. um, which is a you know a feature of a top side. So once they get it right, um, I think they're going to be a real force to be reckoned with.
2: They made good signings as well. Made them early as well.
0: What do you think of? Um, we'll talk about it briefly, just because it was it was a massive talking point of the weekend. Richarlison's showboating against Nottingham Forest last weekend. Caused a massive media storm. This, what do you guys make of it? Disrespectful, bit of fun, blown out of proportion. What do you, what do you guys think?
2: Uh, <laughs> wow. Well, I'm glad the guy smashed him.
0: <laughs> well, that's just because you don't like it. Yeah, um, but taking it in isolation, was what he did disrespectful enough to garner the sort of response
2: that it's nah. had? I think it's part of the game. It's a bit of entertainment for the yeah. TV's, isn't it? Because like it's quite frowned upon to do like try and do. I mean, we don't really see it that much in the Premier League, but like I've seen Neymar gets loads of stick when he does like a rainbow flick over someone's head and stuff, and I feel like that's part. You know, I like to see that sort of thing. Um, I
0: think the problem is, is it's because it's
2: Richarlison yeah.
1: and everyone hates him anyway. Sam so Maxman was at the end of the last season when he was just doing a step-overs constantly. Yeah, dancing like on seconds. top of the ball, yeah. Mm,
0: yeah. And everyone talks like, oh my God, he's, he's so good, you know, he's having a bit of fun. Whereas it's mm. because it's Richarlison, it's, oh my God, he's so disrespectful, mm. I'm glad he got smashed, I'm, I hope he got hurt sort of thing.
2: I mean, you could almost say that doing a bicycle kick is showboating because mm. a lot of the time... Players don't really need to do bicycle kicks, but they look so much better.
0: I mean, you guys are probably just too young to really remember Ronaldinho in his prime to see, sort of see it live on TV. Maybe maybe not, but Ronaldinho used to do that sort of thing for fun mm. every fucking game. And now we watch YouTube reels of him taking the piss out of everybody mm. that he came up against and we we're all heralding him as one of the greatest players of all time. Richarlison does two or three keep ups and passes to somebody else all of a sudden he's the biggest villain in the Premier League Mm. as much as I don't like the guy I think it has been blown way out of proportion and he got at the end of the day if for those of you that don't like him I didn't think it was respectful, he got his just reserves because he got smashed. And so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the balance has returned to the
1: force, yeah. really, with this one. You let David Moy's comment about him saying if he does that against us, he's gonna get absolutely slammed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's perfectly fine to kick a cat and start him.
0: Aye, aye, yeah. aye, we'll have less <laughs> of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's old news, Pete. Don't you go bringing up like that sort of thing, yeah? Um <laughs> but talk, I mean, talking about his ability as a player, we know he has, you know, he does uh, have a lot of ability um human son has started the season quite poorly by yeah. his standards um the, the problem is his son has been so good for so long has he got himself almost into the bracket of being undroppable should richarlison be given a start over son in the next game or two based on son's current form and the fact that richardson has come off the bench a couple of times and made differences in games mm-hmm. when he got an assist for the second goal against forest at the weekend um i think he either scored or did something crucial for a previous game before that as well it might have been against Chelsea um so you you know should they drop Son and give Charleston a start or is Son one of those players you think well sooner or later he's going to pick up so don't drop him because you might be doing yourself harm by dropping him
1: yeah I mean I I think that the creative chances and the link up we saw last season with Kane Kulosevsky and Son was ridiculous I think Kulosevsky started the season really well um Kane and Son are flat to deceive me, but again, they're both in my Premier League fantasy team. I
0: Kane's still scoring goals, isn't he? You know, I know he didn't score last night, but he got an assist. And he got two goals of the weekend. Should have had a hat trick if he put his penalty away. But,
1: but not from what they are they're not carrying on from what they've done last season in, in terms of the clinicalness, let's say, of them. And, you know, Richarlson was a main man at Everton. He's a brilliant player, aren't He, he might be a twat, but I would, I would it's a bit cool. I think to to drop someone like Son, what, top goal scorer, top assists, the player of the season, was mm-hmm. he? Uh, so. Well, he didn't even get in the team of the year, did he, Son? No, I think no, that was the that was controversy. The yeah, but.
2: He won't get dropped for the weekend, but he'll play, he will um, will play in the European game midweek next week. Yeah, that's a good shout. Um, but, I mean,
0: if Son, if Son continues to not score and not, Impact games with well, in fairness, if it wasn't for Kere he would have scored in this game. Mm. Kerr you know, put them in yeah. his own net. Um, but if he hadn't done that, then Son would have put it in. Yeah. So it didn't really make any difference. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see what what Conte does there. Um Son has obviously earned himself a lot of slack with his performances over the years, as you say, top, top, top goals or joint top goals and top assists last mm-hmm. season. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, right, let's talk before we go on to the stat and the quiz. Let's talk um, Scott Parker. He was sacked after Bournemouth's nine nil loss at the weekend. He becomes the fourth earliest manager was sacking in Premier League history, behind Paul Sturrock, uh, Kenny Dalglish, and Christian Gross. Um, what do you? I mean, we, there's been a lot said about this. <laughs> and about the reasons behind it. And you know, I posted on socials from the kickabout that initially I thought it was a massive knee-jerk reaction. I thought it was, it was a brain-dead decision, I described it as. But then as more information started to come out and you started to hear some more things, perhaps actually there was more to it behind the scenes than perhaps Met the United
1: originally. I think, Pete, you said you had a bit of an insight potentially to Yeah, Lloyd, Lloyd Kelly had an interview. Um, I think he tried protecting him as much as he could, but also he, he put, had his heart on his sleeve in a way that... But, but, from what they're saying, the main decision for him being sacked was the fact that he just completely disagreed with the way that the, the club was being run um, behind closed doors. Right. And coming out and airing all the dirty laundry about the club. Uh, they, saw the, they saw the club as one united family, and if one person disagreed with that, then they're out the door.
0: Yeah, which is kind of what they alluded to in the, the statement
1: that yeah, they gave, wasn't yeah. it? Um, so it's almost like he, he's put his foot down and said that, you know, this team is not good enough, I've not been backed... And this is why we are where we are. Yeah. Okay. See so you later. Like, you're out the door. Mm. I mean, me and Dan
0: spoke about this on on Monday. Um, that the interview that he gave, we we talked about this was obviously before he was sacked, and he was sacked mm. on the Tuesday. Um, it did come across as a very odd interview. From the, I'm not so far the fact that he was a, you know down and downbeat from being beat nine 0 you know that's a, that's a given. Mm. But the language that he chose to use, the way in which he was slating his team, which. Obviously, it's not the first time he's done it either because he did it before the season even started. He was already making those sorts of noises about the fact that his team wasn't good enough. Um, so in reality, it's hard to disagree with the decision to sack him, would you say? Or do
1: you or do you think that he should have been given more time and maybe tried to work on their relationship behind the scenes? It's a bit difficult, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's definitely going to hurt the the team morale if you're going in there and saying that your players aren't good enough for the league. Yeah. Um, but then again, the, the question is it's the end of the transfer window the players are there who's going to want to come in and do that who, who can change and boost that morale in the squad and, and get the results in there it's only one man for the job really Shawnee so <laughs> Dice, get him in there two to one odds he is
0: yeah I, I think that's about as certain as you're going to get in football yeah, I can't right. see anybody else going in there Shawnee Dice has got an amazing track record with you know less quality teams yeah um,
1: he, he fits the bill to a tee, doesn't he yeah so
0: yeah, I mean, I suppose that the wider question is: if you're another, you know, if you're another club now um, looking at bringing in a manager, and Scott Parker's name crosses, comes across your desk, what's your what's your thoughts going to be about him? Is he, you know, he's clearly a talented man. He's an honest man. He gives honest interviews. He wears his heart on his sleeves. Um, he's had some level of success. He's got two clubs promoted from the Championship mm-hmm. in in a fairly short managerial career. As a chairman, though, you're looking at the sort of interviews that he gives. You do want the manager to toe the line. You are A manager is an employee. He's a branch of your business, mm-hmm. of your club. And if the manager is going to start coming out and crying foul every time he doesn't like something, that might affect him going into another job. Or get- I think as
2: a fan, though, I kind of respect it.
0: I think it's easy to say that, maybe from the outside looking in, as a fan from another club, but would you be... Well,
2: no. I mean, I'd love the United manager to yeah. come out and say how shite the club have been. You know, with transfers and stuff like that. We- I don't want them to, I don't want it to always be, oh, everything's fine, you know. No, it's purposely signed absolutely nobody.
0: <laughs> no, that's true. I, it's a double edged sword, though, isn't it? Because you do want the manager to, to try and keep morale up. You know, you're seeing your team struggle. It's it's a bit of a different situation with United, for example, because they were never in trouble of getting relegated. Not Mm. really. You know, we all laughed and joked about some of their performances, but they were never really in any danger of, you know, getting relegated. You know, at worst, they were just not going to qualify for Europe. Mm. That was as bad as it was ever likely to get. With Bournemouth, there was a realistic possibility of them going back down again. So for me as a fan, the other side of the coin or the other side of the argument is to say actually I want morale to, to stay as high as humanly possible I don't want the manager coming out and publicly ripping on the players every single week I want him trying to keep the morale well, high every week yeah. no I know but you know he's done it what three times already once yeah. before the I season mean, and twice during
1: we had it with Danny Cowley our, our manager he's the first time I've seen a completely honest interview it was a cup match against Crawley and he came come out and said that these players are given a chance to play and they've not proved it and that, that was the first real like he's actually bit back um, in an interview, but I think with with Scott Parker, he's been the manager of Fulham promotion and Bournemouth now, both of which he's not really been financially backed in terms of Premier League ability. So if he goes to a, I can't really say Watford either, any any team in the championship that would look to get promoted and be financially backed, what can he possibly moan about there if, if he's able to get the players that he wants through the door? Mm. is this might, true might we see a different Scott Parker then
0: yeah that's true um, I mean to be fair when he was at Fulham unless I'm misremembering I don't remember too many occasions where he was giving similar interviews slating his players when he was at Fulham no um, so yeah maybe Even a like victim of that team
1: were lone ease as well
0: yeah I mean a victim maybe of his own honesty perhaps yeah. that he, maybe you know, it's
1: just the pressure of the Premier League he wants to make himself an established Premier League manager and at the moment he's only got two promotions from the championship possibly he's feeling the pressure mm. maybe he wants to be on the level of uh, Gerard.
0: <laughs> yeah <it
1: doesn't>, he <laughs> doesn't want to be another
0: Neil Warnock that's only ever known for bringing clubs yeah, up yeah, from the championship exactly. so and then in the wider scope of managerial um, positions at the moment we talked about Thomas Tuchel being quite high on the list of potential next managers to go um, let's touch on two others Gerard and, and Lampard to me at the moment, I would say that Gerrard is is underperforming worse than Lampard Absolutely. is, um, just because of the amount of investment that they that they've had. Um, but I'm not hearing too many noises about either manager realistically, you know, in trouble internally. I mean, the man, the media will say what they want, but I'm not hearing too many rumblings within everything else. However, the fans of Aston Villa are losing patience with Gerard, mm. I can tell you that now. Well, um, so. How much longer has Gerard got? I mean, they've got, what, three points from their opening games? Yes. From their opening um, five games. So, you know, they've had a poor start to the season. We all tipped them for having a better season this year. Mm. We thought, you know, they had a first season under Gerard wasn't great. They had some good moments, had some bad moments. But as a squad, they're way better than they're showing oh, right now. Wow. So is Gerard capable of turning this round? do you think? Oh. It's a tough question, I know. Yeah,
1: I mean... Since he's come in, I mean, he's had the, the odd result, like the one against Everton last season, but he's quite flattered to see. But the team you've got there, you have to be doing better. I mean, three points from their opening five fixtures now, is it? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not 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 the way you want to be starting. But then again, you could argue the same for Brendan Rodgers as well.
0: Yeah, I wonder if there's a little bit of tactical naivety with him as well, because when he when he was at Rangers, um, you know, he had good success there, but you know with the greatest respect in the he world. He inherited a very
1: good squad with Rangers. He
0: right did. And, he, you know, the, the, the difference between Celtic and Rangers and the rest of the Scottish Premier League is quite...
1: It's pretty much like Man City and Liverpool in the Premier League.
0: Exactly. you know, And it's easy to look like an amazing manager in, in that league. Yeah. Now, one of the examples, using West Ham's example here, the game at the weekend, is that at half-time, Villa, I would say, were the better team in the first half where the West Ham grew into the game as it went on but david moyes recognised where the issue was and he made a tweak at half time he changed the system he made i think he brought on ben rama at mm. half time and it completely changed the outcome of that game and gerard didn't change a thing mm. and that might be where he's going to get found out is that he doesn't have that tactical ability whatever however you want to word it to recognise when he needs to make a change um, and maybe the same with Lampard at Everton, but I think Lam- Lampard at Everton he he's, he's being given more time because I don't think the pressure is there. I think the expectation with Everton right now is is a lot lower than it should be for a club like Everton, but mm. that's the sort of situation they find themselves in. Rogers is the favourite to be sacked next, is he? Well, after tonight mm. losing to Man United, will do that to you, I guess. Two to one odds. Two to one. What's that say? Brendan, Brendan Rogers. Rogers. I mean, I said to you before the podcast like, there's another podcast I listen to, and they're convinced that um, Brendan Rodgers will end up at Villa before Christmas. Yeah, mm. I can mean, I can see it. I think it's a good fit. Mm. You know, he's inheriting a, a similarly good squad as he did when he came into Leicester. Mm. Something to freshen it up. Um, yeah, it's 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 an interesting one, but I, I do think Gerard's days are numbered mm. if he doesn't get a result in the next two to three games. I think he could find himself in serious trouble because the amount of money that the Gaston Villa have invested in that squad to get this level of return back, I think is going to cause, yeah. uh, cause him to get the sack, I think. Right, okay. Let's move on then to round out the show. Uh, we will start with this. Down the stack, man.
2: Raheem Sterling is the third player in Premier League history to score for each of City, Liverpool and Chelsea. Which other two players previously done the same?
0: City, Liverpool <coughs> and Chelsea. How recent are we talking? Recent-ish. Recent-ish. City, Liverpool and Chelsea. Who's played for three I'm them? just trying to
1: find the Liverpool links.
0: Yeah, City and Chelsea, I can think of one or two that have... Sorry, Chelsea and Liverpool, I can think of one or two um he didn't play full three you Sorry. might have to you might have to
1: give us a clue here. i saw a meme about this a couple of months ago uh, i don't know you might you have, have to, nothing at
2: all i, I thought went, one you'd get quite easily
1: i know that that yeah strikers
2: mm. mm-hmm. uh both went on to play in oh, turkey.
0: turkey no both of us playing turkey oh uh, anelka
2: Yep. um was known as Gael <laughs> yeah the legend that is Gael um no I'm, I'm the other to... one is the one I thought you'd get easily. oh really that yeah, wasn't the obvious
0: no. one that wasn't the obvious
2: one I think you'll kick yourselves when I yeah no go on in. famously part of SAS hmm?
0: oh um mm mm-hmm. mhm I oh, do don't know it. about you, but I was thinking Shearer and Sherry. Like, he didn't fucking play for City and <laughs> no, no, no. Liverpool. Um,
2: yeah, I'm still drawing a blank. <laughs>
0: no.
2: Was it City? And then went to... Well, yeah, we know the three teams. But...
0: Yeah, I know, but I thought... You don't remember him sort of playing for all three? Who? Sturridge. Oh, yeah, no, no, sorry. Was that oh, was that the two? Yeah, storage. Oh, America. sorry. I thought there was a third. No, pardon, right. I apologize. Um, yeah. No. Obviously, I, I remember it now. Hmm. I'm surprised that you thought that. I thought one... he was the easy one, actually. Yeah, but he's such a forgotten man now, isn't he? Yeah. He's just like, was he playing I mean, Australia he now? Play isn't City? he?
2: That's where he started. He started at City. Yeah. yeah. yeah
0: started at City. Went to Chelsea.
2: And
0: then, yeah, Liverpool. And then Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah. Mm. So, right. Okay. Um. We are now going to round out the show with this.
1: Right. Well, speaking of an Elka, we're going to throw it back to 2007 today. <laughs> um, Chris and Dan have been doing uh, LMA Manager 2007, mm-hmm. um, and you are you nearly completed your season, haven't you? Yep, getting
0: yeah, getting towards the end um, of this, and we did a first season, which we lost the sale file for, so we had to start again for the second. Um, yeah, you were doing quite well. on Doing all riot, right, I suppose. Yeah, it's I think not, it's seventh, uh, yes, as things stand, seventh. So yeah, not too bad. Uh, we don't have any new buzzers this week because we kind of forgot to do it. So we're going to use some of our older ones. So I'm going to go with one of my favourite
2: memes of at the moment. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Still one of my favourites, but turn one up actually. And uh, I've gone for all this. I will
1: love it if we beat them. Love it. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> So scores currently stand at three 0 stand. Yes, oh, yes, yes, yes. You yes. won your friendly against Shearer, so <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm holding on to that right now.
1: <laughs> right, so we'll jump in with the first player. Mate. So you, I've picked a couple because you might not get them, obviously, because it's you know you're talking.
0: Mm. Yeah, 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 A while
1: back, yeah, so. I can't remember what I had for dinner yesterday. Let me know. <laughs>
0: How old? How old were you? You've been in
2: 2007. Uh, I was 12 wasn't I you were we 12 were oh yeah got to, out of uh, LA, LA. I'm yeah. into his
1: crime <laughs> right so this guy started his career at Mets went on loan to Newcastle United moved to Fulham where he spent a lot of his career Uh, moved to Manchester United moved to Everton I will love it. Dan? Louis Sahar. It's Louis oh, Sahar. Yeah, good shout. Out,
0: good player. Always rated him.
2: <laughs> yeah, he was.
0: He played for a lot of teams, didn't he? He played for yeah. Spurs as well, didn't
1: he? Uh, yeah, so the rest of the teams were Spurs, Sunderland, and Lazio. So a total of 385 games and 117 goals. Mm, good player he was. He was. He's unfortunately <coughs> playing
0: at a time where there was a lot of very good strikers for yeah. France. He never yeah. really got a look in internationally, I don't think.
1: 20 appearances for France Okay, Okay, dokie next player so he sp- started his career at uh, sporting but he didn't actually play um, moved to Arsenal moved to Southampton went to Fulham on loan and then signed permanently for them moved to West Ham
0: Jam- may
1: be good sometimes may be shit Chris Luis Balmorte it is mm, he's a Portuguese yeah mm. uh, so after that he moved to AEL no idea who, who is that is was it Fulham
0: uh, yeah the Fulham to West Ham was the one that tweaks it for me I didn't know it
2: was at Arsenal
1: that's so what threw me off to be honest so from 2001 to 2007 he was signed permanently at Fulham so I assume around that sort of yeah. time he mm. would have been either Fulham or West Ham uh, so yeah, AEL and then Orlando Pirates and then Chesterfield.
2: <laughs>
1: and four marks, is not it? Yeah, he a game
2: for four <laughs> marks.
1: Yeah. Right. Uh, so that's one-one. Next player, they started their career at Millwall, moved to the well-known team, Aldershot on loan. Sometimes it may be good. Wow, sometimes wow. It may
0: be shit. Is it Teddy Sheringham?
1: It is Teddy wow. Sheringham.
0: The order shot bit. I don't know why. I always remember that yeah. that
1: one. Uh, some notable teams there. So Forest, Spurs, Man United, Spurs, Portsmouth, West Ham, and then finished his career at Colchester United. Seven hundred and fifty-five appearances, two hundred and eighty-eight goals. I think he's still the oldest Premier League goal goalscorer mm. isn't he, as well. Yes. Yeah. So. Okay, so that's two one to Chris but we know how that <laughs> usually ends. Don't add
0: extra pressure, me.
1: <laughs> One of my favourite players growing up this was, so started his career at Newcastle. Uh, moved to Stoke on loan. Uh, moved to a team, which I'm not going to pronounce. Uh, Tep BB. Okay, Yep. Yeah. Uh, more recognisable club. Uh, Crystal Palace moved to Bolton Wanderers, Fleetwood Town, and then Notts County.
2: Go for him again.
1: So, so when in the LMA time he was playing for Newcastle, so it's Newcastle, Stoke on loan, that team I'm not going to mention again. Uh, Crystal Palace, Bolton, Fleetwood, and Notts County. He was a striker at Newcastle at the time. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. Dan? Uh, Amiobi. Full name, please. Shola. (laughs) It is Shola Amiobi. forgot he went to Stoke. I was thinking Shola Amiobi as well, That's I a priest. I didn't think he went to Stoke. England under 21, and then he uh, moved to Nigeria. Mm. Fun fact. So that's 2-2. As per usual. It's negative vibes, <laughs> that's what it is. Negative vibes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we can... <laughs> right there, mate? Right. We can finish off with a good one. So 2-2 two, two again. It always ends 3-2 and it's going to end 3-2 again. Yeah. Who's going to get the last point? Ooh. So this guy started his career at Leicester City. Moved to Liverpool. Birmingham City. Wigan Athletic, Aston Villa. I will love it if we beat them, oh. love it. And,
2: and. Emil Heskey. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, <laughs> good shout. Three, two. I was yes, trying yes, so again. hard, I was focusing so hard. <laughs> it was the Liverpool to Wigan, I was trying to think of the LMA teams. No. So, yeah,
1: three, two. And, um, <sighs> last team's after were so the Newcastle Jets and then Bolton Wanderers.
0: This is becoming rather one sided, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. At least it's
1: close it, it is we. close every time three weeks. Sure.
0: Damn it. <laughs> we're gonna have to I mean normally our quizzes last until like the other side of Christmas. Yeah. At this rate, we're gonna be into sort of the second quiz before November at this
1: that rate. that is now four nil Four nil. Got some work to do. Yeah, I definitely need to find this forfeit for you, mate.
2: <laughs> the next one's coming real soon by
0: the sound of it.
1: We could do it together.
0: Uh, yeah, well we no, yeah, we right. find something we do like a maybe you wear a Man City kit and I'll wear a Spurs kit. <laughs> so, oh, Millwall. Oh, Millwall.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, you have to stand do <laughs> not like Man City are your rivals. <laughs> <laughs> no, no
0: for him. <laughs> so anyway, um thank you very much for listening. The recording has lasted all the way as well. I was very anxious whether it was Mm. going to do it again but it has lasted um so yeah thanks for bearing with us we will be back as normal on monday or or tuesday when it's released recording on monday Um, and yeah just keep an eye out for our youtube stuff keep sharing us around we appreciate everyone listening and we will see you all next week Bye 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 bye